Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And as always, we've always say that we've got a great show for you today, and you know what? We always do. And today, we have Danny Greco, and we're excited to have him on. He's had some songs charting out there, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk a little bit about his story. He's got a crazy story on how he found music. I love that story. But anyway, Danny, are you here? Yes, sir. Good to talk to you, Chris. Hi, Sandy. We, Hi. We appreciate you coming on board, especially in this day and in this time. Woo, that's oh, crazy yes, we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my pleasure. You all so how you? Up? We're doing good. I mean, a lot of life has changed, but, you know, at least the show don't have to change. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> So um, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and a brief overview about you to kind of give the audience uh, of who you are. Well, most of my music is on Outlaw Country, SM360. I have a a few songs on there, and I just charted on the adult contemporary charts on Billboard with uh, number 25, song in Epicle. Wow. And. And I had another song on there that went Billboard Top 30. I think it went to 27 called You Never Stop Loving Somebody just a few months ago. And that's about the Lord. Oh, you, wow. you never stop loving somebody. Yeah. Um, what are some I'm a Texas-based like, like artist. And, well, I have yeah, a Bible one that uh, pairs PTSD soldiers and special needs kids oh, wow. with horses. And we're doing mm-hmm. an equine program at a huge special needs school. And uh, and I also do a lot of shows for the military and support our troops. So we're out there on tour doing that kind of thing. In fact, I just had a song last year called 22 about the 22 mm-hmm. veterans today committing suicide. That song was uh, written with KP Fitz and Mr. Chambers. And uh, we um, are trying to make some noise on this epidemic suicide rate with our veterans in this country and shine a a light on it and you know basically just um draw some attention to it so we can form some programs where where they're peer-to-peer where veterans are reaching out to veterans that they served with that can identify that they can identify with and uh giving them some basis and foundation Mm -hmm. and some 501c3 stuff to do that with that is really awesome I, i love that you know because i actually grew up um Military, military brat, as they say. <laughs> so yeah. you know. Now, and my dad did a lot of overseas. I don't think my dad ever went to war or anything, but you know, but still, military's military. Was he based over in in Sea uh, Town in Georgia? Yeah, he. Um, well, I, I I know that when we first, when I was first born, I think he was based in Fort Polk, Louisiana, and oh, then okay. eventually we we moved to Columbus, Georgia, because he ended up being transferred yeah. to Fort Benning, and then yeah, from Fort Benning, we w- we went to Fort Riley, Kansas, and then from Fort Riley, Kansas, back to Fort Benning. So, <laughs> yeah, my old man was out of Fort Benning as well. Oh well, yeah, and then of course he, he, when he retired, he retired out of Fort Benning, and then um, he wanted to be by his mom, so that's how we end up in Savannah, Georgia. Okay, well, it's pretty country. Yeah, we like it down here. We're, you know. Oh yeah. Been, you we know, love the coast. I've been yeah. in been in Savannah now, 
I guess, you know, well, I'm 48 now, and I've been here since 14, so this is the only home I've known, because before that we were everywhere because of military. Um, but we're eventually planning on moving out up to Nashville. Okay. Yeah, we we usually get down to Atlanta about every year and play Atlanta Motor Speedway. I do some shows with mm-hmm. the National Hot Rod Association. And, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Off and on, so... Um, we're probably getting to take another run at them and uh, with them and do some shows out on the circuit, and we'll be back in Atlanta. <laughs> I was reading a little bit of your bio and talk about when God steps in. You definitely see this. Tell us a little bit about how you found music. I love the story. Well, you know, like a lot of us, we end up getting in our own way, and uh, <laughs> we have a calling, and we're off chasing other rainbows or doing things we shouldn't be doing, and, and uh Every once in a while, you get a wake-up call, and for me, that came, I guess I was so stubborn and strong-willed, that came in the form of a lightning bolt, so I was, I love to fish, fish a lot, and I was on a fishing trip in eastern Arizona, right on the New Mexico border, and that's some really thick woods up there. It's around 9,000 feet in elevation for folks that haven't met up mm-hmm. We think Arizona's a flat desert. There's That's big-time snow <laughs> country, you know huge pine trees, ferns on the ground. And um, we didn't, you know, you get obvious signs, right? And the obvious sign on the way up there was that um, I had a buddy driving. He drove his truck. He's pulling my fishing boat. He blew through a stop sign because he fell asleep at it. I was asleep. He went through the a T intersection, got broadsided by a game warden, and it totaled my oh, boat. Wow. But that wasn't enough for us to stop what we were doing, <laughs> they, you know. Um, I wanted to go fishing, so we loaded up what was left of the tackle and uh, threw it in the back of the truck, which subsequently got um, completely totaled in the worst hailstorm I'd ever been in in my life. Um, on the way up there to that fishing spot, that you know the the roof and the hood, and it was already the, the bed was already totaled from the accident. And we got up there and set up camp. We were getting ready to fish, and I was standing on top of a concrete picnic table soaking wet walking a tarp line up a tree i just mm-hmm. set up the entire camp because they didn't know what to do and and i was just doing the last thing and just walking the tarp line up the tree and maddie was on the other end of the line holding the, the line down on the ground on the stake post and uh you know all i heard was the explosion because you don't see anything when you get struck by lightning you just the thunder's yeah. right there so he just saw me blow off the table like a piece of paper about 40 yards and, wow. Um, he said, I just look like a folded over piece of paper. And when I came to, they had got me into the truck. And um, the girl that we were with, Candy, she looked over and said, oh, my God, your arm. And I went to lift it up to look at it, and I couldn't move it. And uh, there was steaming, just steam coming out. Mm. And I oh, spent wow. the next, you know, um, several months relearning how to use my motor skills in my hand by like putting touching my fingers together and there was a neurosurgeon that told me that uh if i learned to pick classical guitar that i could maybe rebuild those neurons and so my granddad had left me his uh his old gut string spanish guitar and i went and got a chord chart and you know where you number your fingers and that mm-hmm. and i learned yeah. how to pick learn how to finger pick and and uh and it was wasn't too long after that that I was having these 
you know, I have like, it's almost like PTSD. I had reoccurring nightmares all the time. Boy, if it rained outside or thundered, man, I'd wake up in cold sweats and shivering and, and I wasn't afraid to go out in the rain. You just, you just can't help mm. it. It's just there, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I didn't know why. Yeah. It took me a long time to pass that. Yeah. What's going on. Well, but, um, that's how I play guitar, and I started writing songs in my sleep. And uh, I would wake <laughs> up in the night, and, and I'd put a tape recorder by the bed, and I'd sing it in there. And the next morning when I got up, I would take the tape recorder and play it back, and I'd chart the song, and then I'd learn how to play it. And I learned a lot of about playing guitar from trying to find the songs that I wrote. That is really, I love that story. You know, that definitely shows you that when you're supposed to do something, God's going to lead it your way no matter what. Yeah, you just need to get out of the way. You know, that's so many things we <laughs> and we're just in our own way all the time. And it has, you know. In, not learn your lesson, move on. It happens again and again mm-hmm. and again. And uh, mm-hmm. I just kind of went through that. I was in a relationship with a girl, and everything was rubbing and not going the right way, and 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 nothing was going on with the music. And we broke up and let go. We both let go. And when that happened, both of our lives just went a different direction, and mm-hmm. things just started to mm-hmm. show up with my music. And before I knew wow. it, I was back in the studio cutting a double LP and we just got done tracking a 23 song LP and, and I'm getting the dust off a song that I had recorded with Waylon Jennings and we went in and retracked it. It's called at the crossroads. And I went back in with Waylon Jennings band and and we just shot a video on it down in the Mississippi Delta. Um, Mm -hmm. It's about not Mm -hmm. selling your soul to the devil. And uh, we're getting ready to release that. Hopefully if we can get past this whole, lockdown thing we'll, we'll try yeah. to get it out this yeah you know speaking of the story that you're talking about how getting your own way i can remember when sandy and i first it's funny that we're doing this show because when sandy and i first um married back 17 years ago i was one of these people that was heavy into motivational audios i mean i had this dream of one day speaking on a stage in front of Five ten thousand people. That was my dream, and I believe. And I was one that would listen to audios twenty four seven. I married mm-hmm. Sandy. She's one that would listen to music twenty four seven. So we yeah, had to. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> long that we had to realize we had to come to a compromise here because I was so brainwashed. I believe that if you owned any type of business, that you should be listening audios in your car. Period. Or you're not serious about your business. I mean, I was like over the top. And so we mm-hmm. finally came to agreement that we'd do 50-50 split, 50%. And I still believe in audios. Don't get me wrong. I think they have its place. But then, but like I always joke with people, Sandy kind of brainwashed me into all this music stuff because then <laughs> that's when I started seeing the other side of things of what music can do. And then what's funny about all this, then, and, and you know, it seems like everything started lining up. And then in 2014, we actually launched New Country Buzz for the first time. And I said, and you'll see why in a minute when I say the first time, but we launched it mm-hmm. in 2014, and then um, we before we shut it down in 2015, we actually um, interviewed Kelsey Ballerini before everybody knew who she was. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> and then we yeah. shut down in 2015 for personal reasons, but it was one of them things where you know when God pushes you, 
you just, you know, you can't leave it. And music's like that for me now. So it was like it ate me alive for three those for three years. I mean, every six months I would look up on GoDaddy and I would see up oh, new country buzz still available. Nobody's ever bought it, and, and that's a good domain. And, and I was like, yeah. And then six months six months later, up oh, nobody bought it. <laughs> six months later, and I think God was pushing it in my head to look it up, but I still mm-hmm. was. And then finally, my hard head. Went to Sandy at the end of 2018. I told Sandy, you know what? I think we need to relaunch New Country Buzz and finish what we started. I, it's eaten me alive. I, 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 I keep wondering, what if? What if we were to continue? Because I'm the type of person, I would rather get to the end of the road and fail than uh, get to the end of the road and wonder what if. I'd just rather do that. Yeah, look and, at yourself and give it straight. And so here we, and it's funny because like you said, you you know, you get in your own way many times, and I got in my way through the years because I was one of these people, even though I'm a hardcore Christian, I would listen to some of these Christians who say you cannot support country music and be a Christian, mm-hmm. and part of and so I had to battle that. That was a ba- that was a big battle for me for a while, and um and I think that well, was a part of the reason that I was ha- struggling with the whole new country buzz concept. Until we, but once we re- relaunched at the end of 2018, I was I went all in, and here we are. Well, Scripture mm-hmm. says no man perfect in the eyes of the Lord. And we all, yep. every one of us, falls into sin every day, mm-hmm. every minute of every yeah. day. Even if you pray something off and you plead the blood of Jesus, five seconds later you're you're in sin. We're just you know that's just <laughs> the way it goes. So, but mm-hmm. if uh, you know, for someone to be judgmental and say something like that about you and your mission and what you're doing, I think that's that's a judgment that they're casting on you. Yeah. That's not yeah. accurate at all. Look at look at all the people that Johnny Cash probably brought to the Lord, you know? And he had that oh, awesome yeah. album at the end called When the Man Comes Around. Now you look at his, mm-hmm. his fan base. He had a secular mm-hmm. fan base. And he mm-hmm. was out running in sin. Now, could those people identify with him? Yeah, because he was real. You know, he was he was falling. Yeah. And because uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I've experienced the same kind of thing. People would say, "Well, how can you put out a song of Billy Joe Shaver called Feeling Like a Three-Legged Border Town Mexican Dog,' and you call yourself a Christian? I'm like, hey, Billy Joe Shaver and I love the Lord, man. We both love the Lord, and we both love him too. You know? But you have to be real out here, and if Someone's yeah. going to hear our song and come to our concert, and then we can play something like "You Never Stop Loving Somebody." The straight vertical talking about the Lord—that might be the song that mm-hmm. hits them in the heart. Exactly, because mm-hmm. like, um, and, and it's amazing again. And those of us that are trying to do good and balance doing right and all that, you know, sometimes people can whisper stuff like that, and it and it just destroys that passion you have because again like i said that was a big battle and even when we relaunched in 2018 probably the first six months i didn't do a whole lot until and really it wasn't until when i finally fully surrendered our whole new country media to god because i remember at our church there was a guy that um was speaking on a video and he he said that um his love of jujitsu has become his ministry. He said that he's a he's a black belt in jujitsu, and mm-hmm. basically he everybody that comes in to his classes know he's a Christian and all that. And he says his whole thing is converted to 
converted to Christian, and he said that it wasn't planned that way. It was just that I used, people know I love God, and I had this passion for jujitsu. And that's when I realized, you know what? Maybe that's what God's trying to do. He's going to use our passion for country music to touch other people, and that and and this whole show, new country buzz, new country media, is a ministry per se. Because I used to be the type of person that believed you had to ha- it had to be God focused to be a ministry, but now I understand that it need, just needs to be God inspired to be a ministry. And it's Absolutely. a big difference. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Well, congratulations so, on your merit. That's awesome. So That's as we a lot of years. Um, yeah, well, and I went through 19 years of addictions until God healed me um, a little over 12 years ago. And the first five years of our marriage was really hecked on my wife, but she stood behind me. She loved me through them and all that. Thank God for that because here we are. You know, we got now we got two kids, an eight-year-old and a one-year-old, and <laughs> oh, we've yes. got this. We found a way to combine our passions because I love talking and she loves music. And I told her, you know what? This show, we're going to kill it this show because I love talking and she loves music. We just combine them, and here we are. <laughs> yes, Perfect. that's what led to this. <laughs> so tell us something kind of unusual about you that people might not know. Boy, I would have a harder time telling you something usual about me. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty you out know, of the box. You know, what, you, know? you know what's funny about what you just said? Um, the other day, our little uh, eight-year-old, I guess he heard something on TV that talked about normal. Yes, and this is how I guess this is how out of the box we are, because he came to us. He says, "What is normal?" And he was like, "What does normal mean?" (laughs) And that was hard. I was at first like, "Well, normal means normal." (laughs) Yeah, that's a hard one to answer. (laughs) Yeah, and my first thought is, "We're not normal." <laughs> well, look at our whole country now. This, there's a whole new normal coming. You know, there's a uh, whole right. Not the same right now. You know, people. You know, I roll around in a 54 foot Peterbilt 379 truck that's been stretched 54 feet into a tour bus. Okay, mm-hmm. and, and pick music. And you know, I've written and performed with guys like Hank Cochran. Waylon Jennings, Billy Joe Shaver, William Nelson, Red Lane, Max D. Barnes, some of the legends in country music. I've worked a lot with those, those guys. And mm-hmm. and in Nashville, I live on 168-foot DC-8 airplane. <laughs> so I don't wow. know what to tell you this in my life because they're really, you know, I have a, a real normal mo- mother and father that are awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's, about it. that's funny. So, um, when you look back on your career so far, what are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? Boy, like all of them, really. You know, one one awakening for me was, uh, you know, Nashville, like Waylon said, you know, you go to Nashville, mm-hmm. the doors never open. They're always closed. You got to go make some noise where you are and wait till they come knocking, and then you can go out there. Still accurate to this day because once you go out there, you're kind of getting on a virtual line. And, mm-hmm. and pay your dues. There's a bunch of people in front of you in that thing, and and then a lot of the times you got to cut your own path. I mean, the coast is clear. In 2014, went Billboard number nine. It busted into the top ten two times, and it didn't do it through country radio. It went you know, country radio wasn't available, and uh, 
we put it out on adult contemporary and it blew up so fast that nobody could shut it down. And really the, the, uh, restaurant circuit got a hold of it and they put it in all the restaurants and so many people downloaded it that it busted into the billboard top 10 hot sales chart too so you know you kind of have to forge your own path on that anyway was out there working Mm. in Nashville and um, my uncle had given me a, a a tape and uh it was called the Sue Brewer Tribute. Sue was a gal that mm-hmm. gave her home up to songwriters, and, and a lot of songwriters wrote and stayed in her home. People like mm-hmm. Christopher and, and Willie Nelson and oh, Waylon wow. Jennings, like all the heroes, they were there at Sue Brewer's. Hank Williams Jr., um, boy, it's a huge list. You know, Max D. Barnes, Hank Cocker, and um, all these guys owed something to Sue for giving up her home when they didn't have a place mm. to go, have a place to play songs to each other, to an audience that really mattered. And so I, I was watching that tape and those were my heroes. You know, I was watching those guys <laughs> on the Richie Albright and those guys in the, in the Sue Brewer show, the tribute. And they were just all heroes. They were all big name artists that were doing this special on, on a television. And then I'd been out there working with Richie and Waylon and, it was probably like, you know, seven years in, maybe eight years in. And I went back to my home and threw that tape on. I saw it over there in the corner and like, you know, I really wanted to watch it again. I hadn't seen it in years. And I popped mm-hmm. it in and watched it. And I looked around the living room and that show, and I was working with almost every one of those artists I was doing something oh, with. Wow. And, wow. and it floored me. It's like, you know, I had a desire in my heart, and the Lord put me right in the middle of it. I lived with Hank Cochran <laughs> for two. I lived uh, with Red Lane on his plane. I, I I own his plane now. Red passed away. We lost mm. him about three and a half years ago. And uh, you know, I was just right there in the thick of all my heroes, and really, all I I did I couldn't attribute anything that I did to it. All I did is get out of the way, mm-hmm. and he just put me right in the middle of it. Yeah, and, and you know we understand where you're coming from right now because you know, even though we've been around, I guess the music industry for say six years or so, and really hustled for the last eighteen months with New Country Buzz, mm-hmm. the Chris and Sandy show's new. We just yeah. launched um, January third. You're our, you're mm-hmm. you're our sixty seventh interview this year. Wow! But here's the cool here's the cool part. Because this has been, I really believe this is a God thing because only God could have done this. But we have guests like yourself because we respect what you've done. Again, we, you know, like yourself, we've had Anna Christina Cash on, we have Carleen Carter on, we've had um, Jenny Gill on, um, we we just had um, Tennille Arts on. So we're getting guests that we should not be getting at only four months old. Yes. Yeah, There's yeah, not awesome. a doubt in my head that that that's got to be God led because I'm sitting here like you know what people are coming to our show now that we would dream, that we dreamed would happen in one or two years. Yeah, and it'll mm-hmm. grow faster than expectations. So we're definitely excited about that because again, I love what you just said about God has just put you in the right spots at the right time, and now when you look back, it's like you see you see that and. 
I lo- and I love how open you are about God because, again, not every show we talk about God as much like this. And, but I love it when we do. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think that I'm hoping that this whole thing that goes on right now in our country with all of this, like somebody I – was, I was doing an interview doing Rock Talk Radio the other day, mm-hmm. and we were talking about this whole COVID thing, and he was saying, well – you know, you're a real survivor. You're out there on this island and catching your own food and what have you. I said, well, yeah, but you can't be a survivor to the point of not being um, someone who helps somebody else and just being, having, yep. reaching out to your fellow man and helping them. And you know, this this whole mm-hmm. thing, in my in my opinion, is a good thing because it's a reset. Mm-hmm. Everybody their paradigm yeah. shift little bit to find out fundamentally what the important things in this country are, like God and family. Mm-hmm. Spend them with their family and spend them more time in worship. And, you know, hopefully this will be a, a real good thing for a reset for everybody. And uh, and what what I was getting to, my big point here <clears throat> is that uh, mm-hmm. you got to pick a defense, man. There's no more walking mm-hmm. the line. I mean, walking <laughs> you got to pick mm-hmm. a side. So, you know, in this business, there, there are only a few teams in music. You're either working for the Lord or you're working for the other side. And you don't know what you're, which, which yeah. team you're on. You're probably working for the wrong one. And I guess I'll <laughs> exactly. be opinionated on that, but that's the way I feel about it. You're right, though. You, you know, you're definitely right on the money. And, you know, we talked about some of the plus side of what's happened in your life. I like to now go the other way. Um I always like to quit, say what we call flip the, switch, um, flip the script on people and go the other way. And I'll tell a small story that leads us into where I want this to go. Back in 2014, we interviewed um, Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, they were full-time with music. And one of my questions was, what advice would you give an up-and-coming up and artist? And she said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time. She goes, but if your heart – will allow you to do anything outside of music. Go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She goes, because once you go full-time, it's a game. He said, so you can have this as a passion. Time, it's also a job. He said, now, she said, now you're required to do this. You know, you, if, if you could have a really, really, really bad day today, but if you've got a gig tonight, you've got to do it. Your family has to sacrifice. You, even though you're the artist, your whole family sacrifices for you to make it in this world. She goes, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then you've got to go all in because that's the only way the sacrifices will be worth it, by being all in. So what do you think about what she said? And let's go there about some of the sacrifices and struggles you've went through. I think her advice is right on the money. Absolutely. Is. People have asked me about, hey, you know, how do I go about doing what you're doing and get to where you're at? And I tell them, you know, go to college, get an education, go to medical school, you know, get where you want to be financially and then go chase it. Because this is, I mean, I can't even tell you what sacrifices I've made. You know, I slept on couches out in Nashville. I slept under bridges in a 57 Chevy pickup truck that I drove out there from out west for a long time, you know. And wow. it's, a rough, it's a rough go. You know, I had a bunch of businesses out west. I was a successful mm-hmm. businessman. I had a chain of restaurants. 
and a convenience store and had a lot of going on. I had 168 employees at one time, and I'd go to Nashville and my, have my upper management take over and take an economic loss on that end to go chase this and write with the writers that I was writing with. And mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Bill, you know, you're nothing. You're, I was sleeping in my truck. It just the the dichotomy is crazy. And then then there's the personal side too. You know, my family's out west, and I spent a good portion of my life in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, you know, across the Mississippi, chasing rainbows. And uh, you can never mm-hmm. get that time with your family. So yeah. it's definitely a, a really you have to be really committed if you're going to go do that. And that's why I said you know Waylon was right on the money with that. Just if that's your passion and that's your music, stay in your local area and make a bunch of noise there and take it as far as you can go in that area. And when you do, you'll get recognized. They'll come knocking at you. Or if you make enough noise, your social media numbers are up and, and you're, you know, you're doing your shows and enough noise, they'll come knocking at your um, But there's no sense in dropping mm-hmm. a whole bunch of good stuff to go running out there and do it. Because like she said, mm-hmm. once you go step over that line, then you're committed, you're in, and you've, you've uh, you know, kind of like anything else in life, if you chase a bunch of rabbits, you're only going to get one. So at some point, yep. you have to make a decision and figure out which rabbits you're going to chase down. Um, but for me, I made because a lot we of all got them. I don't have a kid. I don't have any – I'm not married. Um, I've had opportunities. But um, mm-hmm. I've let some of them go by because it wouldn't have been fair on them. It wouldn't have been fair on a girl <clears> to <throat> drag her down the road and try to raise mm-hmm. a kid doing until you get to a certain place with your career. It's just too hard. Mm-hmm. You're on the road all the yeah. time. It's just it's really a, a, a hard pursuit. So I'd have to agree with her wholeheartedly. Yeah, because I mean, like, like the bigger artists. Now, and granted, they can afford to do this, but like the bigger artists, you know, they take their kids and spouses with them on the road and i think that's so smart you know i know that some people disagree with that but i think that's actually smart because because now you get to do your passion you get to do what you feel god has called you to do and you're not losing the major time with your with your spouse and kids because they're even though you're still going to have to practice and you're still going to be on that stage with them being with you and homeschooling and all that at least you still can build some foundation with that, and, and I love that when you, when I hear stories. Like, but you've got to be up there to get there. You know, the chasing the part, it's 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 really hard to do it at that point. Absolutely, it's a, it's tough on it's it's not just a sacrifice for the artist; it's a sacrifice for everybody around them in their circle. So and that's <laughs> a tough decision to make whether you are going to go put somebody that you love through that mm-hmm. exactly and 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 you know and, and one thing i cringe on you see on facebook or you've run into people and i've heard so many times and i stop people when they say this but i've heard people say you know artists just need to go get a real job and i hate that phrase oh, and i've stopped yeah. people and says look um they got something better passion that's that they're driven by because just because, and I think a lot of times people don't understand people with passion because they've lost that passion. So they, so they think, oh, you should be average like them because they're average, and you intimidate them. I, I really believe that's part of it. But I cringe when I hear that because te- technically, as an independent artist, 
and you know this, you probably have 20 jobs. You don't have one job. <laughs> Boy, I've done everything you can probably think of, from being a bailiff to the Superior Court to you name it, man. <laughs> Construction, you know. Um, you know, I've got two college degrees. I haven't really used any of them in, in a professional setting. I've done I've done a lot of different jobs in my life, and I've probably mm-hmm. worked with hands down. I've worked harder at music than any other job that I've had, as far as a real job. And that's it's yeah. a really tough grind. The hours are long. You know, I drive my own tour bus, so I'm the head janitor, and you know, dump the tanks, <laughs> fuel it up, and you get to the show, and you got to have a your coach shined up and ready to go, and everything's got to be on cue, and you have to be ready for your show, and all your clothes have to be mm-hmm. right, and the band has to be rehearsed, and you're ramrodding the whole production down the road, and uh, man, it's it's a it's a heck of a lot of work. So mm-hmm. it's kind of funny because um, people that say that they just don't realize, you know, what all involved. They don't understand what they're actually saying as far as that goes. And that's why we bring and that's why we bring it up on. The, I, in fact, I talk about that story every time, every episode because I want people to understand. That's why I like to go the other way. Of what you have to sacrifice, what you what the struggles and all that, because I want people to understand that being an artist takes a special person. It really does, and to go through what y'all go through, that's just like you know about the passion thing. You know, I I try to get it through people. Please don't steal the passion from somebody because you destroy them. Like I've got friends of mine who who has been um, say 15 years in their career. And you sit down with them, and they are miserable. I mean, they're completely miserable. And you're trying to figure out, well, why are you so – I mean, you're like, look, you've got this great lifestyle. You've got this great – you've got an awesome family. You've got this amazing career. And and some of them will – the truthful ones will tell you, well, that's the problem. The career is the problem. Like, well, you went to school for that. What do you mean the career is the problem? They're like – I was pushed this way. My parents said you have to be a doctor, you have to be a lawyer, you have to be this, you have to be that. So they said this is not what I wanted to do with my life. So they're 15 years into their career, and people around them that were close pushed them this way and stole that passion from them. Yeah, that's a really good point, Chris. And, and, uh, you know, I would add that, it does if you're if you're above ground and breathing air, it's not too late. All we're doing exactly. on this, on this mm-hmm. earth is care. It doesn't matter if you have ten homes; you're just caretaking them. And at some and at some point, you're going to reach the the point where your things will mm-hmm. manifest to controlling you and take all your time because all you're doing is uptaking them, upkeeping them. And at the very end of it, what happens? You can't take any of it with you. All you can take with you is the love and and the and what you've done to witness. So, and you know, this is just my little opinion, but the only reason why we're here is yep. witness for the Lord, you know. So yep. all we're doing here is caretaking mm-hmm. to God. So if you're out there hey, in a miserable hey, fear, shift gears and go do do something that yep. makes this your passion about. That you feel like God's called you to do. Yeah, because, you know, it's funny, you know, about that, that I really, you know, when I told the story the other day on one of the episodes about, how I thought I'd want to be this motivational speaker, and I end up now doing this hosting, and I get so much joy out of this, of talking to y'all. And um, the person the other day actually said, you know what? See, you might not know this, but you might would have got to speaking in front of 5,000-plus people, and you might have hated it. Yep. And yep. God 
sent you a different direction because he knew that he could find a way to build into what you your passion, which is speaking, but in a better way that suits it, that suits you. And I'm like, ooh, that's good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a tendency to judge in our society, and it isn't just an American thing to base mm-hmm. success off off of money, and that isn't success. Success is happiness and love. Amen to that. That's we're gonna true. I think we're at the point at this point where we're gonna take a quick break, go commercial break, and then we're gonna play your song, Inevitable. I really love that song. And then we'll, when we get back we're gonna talk about that song. How's that sound? That sounds great. Thank you. All right, hang in there. Here we go. Hey everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. He never would admit He never will forget Her sea green eyes They invited him It was inevitable They fought it from the start Showed him her broken heart Destined to be Unbridled and free, it was inevitable. Restless heart, wounded from the start. They couldn't live together or survive apart, it was inevitable. In her sleepy town Years flew by In the blink of an eye It was inevitable He gave his whole heart She tore it all apart Pushed him away Forced his hand one day Inevitable They couldn't live together 
or survive apart. It was inevitable. But now the horses caught in the thunder and wind. Looking back again Where's the change Pushing round the world When you roll them dice Lightning could strike twice Inevitable She never would admit Her bedroom eyes They invited him Inevitable Thank you very much. We we're back on the air. Yeah, we're yes. back on the air now. <laughs> yes, great I song. Say, so you guys played the long version of that song. I, I, congratulations! I think that's the first time it's been spun on radio. <laughs> ah. Usually, <laughs> there's a short version where it just goes out with inevitable, and then that whole musical pass at the end is is out of there. Oh, oh wow! I wonder because I got sent two, and and I see one said radio mix. I bet the other one was the short version, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know. One of them, the the long version you just played is called album. 
So anyway, uh-huh. that, I don't know if you could tell that was kind of a Tom Petty influence thing. And uh, oh, yeah. well, there's some real monsters on that track playing there. There's Eddie mm-hmm. Bayer's on drums and uh, oh, wow. Bobby Terry on acoustic guitar and James Mitchell on lead guitar and Scotty Sanders on slide guitar and Kevin Grant on bass. And if, in fact, that the last five guys I listed, um, Bobby mm-hmm. Terry, James Mitchell, Sky Sanders, Kevin Grant, and then Richie Albright, and I produced it. If you go to um, Willie Nelson and check out probably his last four or five videos, that's the same band. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the song itself. How did that come to be? Um, I was in a relationship with a, with a beautiful lady out in California, and uh, she was on the horse jumper circuit and I was you know I was actually um, hanging out there in in her hometown you know doing some work doing some construction stuff and not pursuing music at all and uh, in my own way you know again Mm -hmm. thinking hey I think I'll go off and run down this road and uh, my deal with the Lord's always been you draw the line I'll walk it and uh I was just literally all my shows dried up, just everything dried up because I wasn't on my path. And uh, mm. and anyway, we split off and went in our own directions, and uh, and that's when you know everything that she was working on took off for her. She ended up winning the whole circuit, you know, jumping horses and her whole division, wow. oh, wow. the whole West Coast, and. Uh, and things with music just took off for me, like just went straight, absolutely vertical north. And uh, oh wow, you know, like uh, I left there, I left the West Coast and went back to Nashville and tracked an album. And six months later, it was, I was in the Billboard Top 30 again, just like that. You know, and I don't think it had anything to do with me. It just had to do with uh, me getting slapped upside the head again, saying, "Okay, I'm back on my path. Where do I go now?" <laughs> So, <laughs> and get out of your own way. And, and and you know it's funny because every time you tell and, and I like our show to be more of a conversation, not necessarily interview. Where we do. where when mm-hmm. when when guests say certain things that pique something in me to to uh, uh, stories too, and 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 that just made me remember that um, it was like uh, about three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, I had this crazy idea, and I, it's still within music. But I had this crazy mm-hmm. idea, well, you know, people are going to need booking eventually because of all this. We'll just yeah. do newcountrybooking.com, and we'll do a whole booking agency. And I pitched it out there that we're probably going to be launching this as we get out of the coronavirus stuff. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, everything dried up. I mean, I've got – all of a sudden, I was getting zero emails. I – I was getting zero interviews, nothing. I mean, for about a week. I mean, I went three days with no shows through this mess, and I'm sitting there like, <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, what is what's going on? What what have I done different? I, I'm I'm sitting there thinking everybody's hating me now because it's nothing. And then all of a sudden, I got this realizing. I got me, Sandy and I were talking. I was like, you know, this might not, you know, because again, if you're going to book for an, for an artist, you need to be all in with those artists. And I'm like, you know, oh, yeah. now's mm-hmm. not now. Now's probably not that time, or I might be doing a disservice to them because if let's say that we're really good, 
with, with, with doing that. Well, that means that's going to take time away from our show and New Country Buzz. It would. Let's say mm-hmm. that the show takes off. Then, then, that, then I'm doing the artist is a disservice. And although it's still in music, I, I realize, you know what? Now's not that time. So I posted out there, you know what? And I posted about me feeling this way that, you know what? Now is just not the time to do that right now. And all of a sudden, everybody started messaging me again um, about booking their artists. Yeah, right after. Crazy. I mean, and, me, and I'm sitting there like, okay, I hear you, God. We're going the right direction. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's amazing how, you know, it's really easy to lose perspective and not have a 10,000-foot view on our own lives. You know, it's always easier to put an armchair quarterback on somebody else's life, but it's hard to do it for your own and have that perspective. So, you know, mm-hmm. now's a real good time for people to get perspective on things because they're, they're not working as much and caught up in the daily grind, and they can pull back and take a look at where they are and where they want to be and not feel like mm-hmm. they have to be on the path that they're on, you know. Yep. <clears throat> so tell us, you know, one thing I like to do different than what I've seen out there um, is on our show, as you know, as an artist, the fans see you. But they don't see, like, the PR company. They don't see, like, really the band. They don't see uh, management. They don't see different people that help make it work for you. Um, so tell us about the, those people. Tell us a few things about the people behind you that help you become who you are? Well, I have a real small team. Thank God I've got Michael. I mean, Lori is just, she's an awesome human being, just salt of the earth people. She's a great girl. Mm-hmm. And she's helped me so much just connecting. You know, you can go out there and mm-hmm. have a hit song. Um, a horrible thing will happen if you don't have a good PR person. Nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. So you know you've got to you've got to get some help out there, and and uh, unfortunately I don't have any artist management right now, and I have to really use a manager because artists can never be the bad guy, you know. And there's there's some rough and tough jobs <laughs> that have to be done for artists. Mm-hmm. You just can't quit. So you know, yeah. Don't do anything because you can't, you know. And then I can't. An artist can't do his own booking. If you're out there booking yourself as an artist, you'd be better off booking your artist friend and letting them book you because you can't do that either. Because you can't sing mm-hmm. yourself right, and you don't have those doors open either. You mm-hmm. know. So. Oh wow. Artist really needs a good team put behind them. You know, you need. You know, and they're all different. They all have different aspects. Artist management is totally different than PR, and um, mm-hmm. that's, those are two totally different facets. And uh, and they need they need to be separated because those two uh, a good manager will help motivate your PR people and and uh, and vice versa really and open mm-hmm. doors uh, and then the radio animal is a whole different animal you know uh, so and, you know and an artist should just be able to be an artist you don't want to put on those other yeah. hats you don't you shouldn't have to do that because it pulls you out of your mm-hmm. art what you're trying to do creatively. So um, it really helps to have a good team around you. And a lot of times, you know, there's just no budget to do that when you're trying to do those things. Like I still drive my mm-hmm. own coach. And uh, <laughs> when the clear went Billboard Top Ten, I was on the road 272 days. And I only had wow. one show hired a driver. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm out there pulling around a 32-foot stacker trailer 
on the back of this tour bus. And, and man, it's a lot of work keeping that truck going down the road, just the driver part of it. And you, you get to a show and you're just told, torn out from the drive and somehow you have to muster up the energy to go do the show. And you can see why people do amphetamines and drugs and, and all these artists mm-hmm. have done that. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. I, I really watch what I eat. I take a lot of zinc. <laughs> you know, I'm really healthy. <laughs> You can see why, because you just get burnt out out there. So it's really important to have a great mm-hmm. team of people around you. And uh, anyway, I'm really thankful that Lori's on my team. She's awesome. That is really awesome. And because we are, we keep, we try to run this like a family show, and we're trying to create a family legacy. We always let our eight-year-old get on the thing to ask one oh, really? question. He, yeah. And in fact, when our one-year-old gets older, we'll probably have two people ask doing uh, questions. <laughs> but right now, it's just him. But he loves this part. So he's going to get on. Oh, he did. Sandy's going to get him on. Just... What's his yes, name? Here's Christopher. His name's Christopher. Christopher. Okay. So Hi, Danny. What's your favorite food? My favorite food? That's a great question, Christopher. That's great. Um, well, I think, you know, Christopher, you're going to find out that when you get a little bit older, your favorite foods change a little bit. Not just because your tastes change, but because... <laughs> Certain foods remind you of certain things, and they take you back home. So my favorite food now takes me back home, and it takes me to my mom, who's an awesome cook, and she she made so many meals for us growing up. And, uh, you know, even when I was, like, off out on the road and to come home and get a home-cooked meal. And so when I'm out on the road, I crave that, that you know, the West. She used to, she makes New Mexico red chili enchiladas, <laughs> and it's a oh, wow. family recipe. Family founded El, El Paso in 1598, and Santa Fe in 1610. <laughs> How many years ago that was, Christopher? Yeah. <laughs> over 400 years ago. So <laughs> she makes uh, these New Mexico red chili enchiladas, and. Uh, she makes New Mexico green chili, and that's probably like my favorite sitting right there. What's yours, little Chris? Pizza. Pizza? Does your mom make pizza? Uh, we get we pick it up. Well, no. <laughs> he said he don't know. <laughs> that's funny. I think I think okay, that bye. might change later on down the road. He comes and goes quick. He does. <laughs> he loves it, though. Hank, Hank but, Cochran but he, had a great line in one of his songs. I'm going to record this song eventually. Mm-hmm. But um, he did it mm-hmm. as a duet with Red Lane. And it says, uh, my God, I swear that I just smelled my mama's apple pie. And just like that, <laughs> a tear came to my eye. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> I awesome. love, love that. Yeah, you know. So if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Man, I want to write with with Willie Nelson. You know, I've done oh, that would be cool. several times, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I've come really close to, to uh, gosh, I had a, a Merle Haggard song on hold. Um, mm-hmm. gosh, I would have loved to have written with Haggard. Red wrote 42 Merle Haggard cuts, and Red Lane and I wrote a song. We wrote a bunch of songs together, but we wrote this song called A Couple of Outlaws Like Us, and Hag had it on hold when he died. And, man, it, you know, it broke my heart when he died um, for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. God, 
thinking, my God, I'm going to end up with a haggard cut here. And uh, that never <laughs> happened. But um, he wow. was a, you know, a hero of mine. I, I just think the world of him as an individual and as a singer, and I think that Merle Haggard's probably the best country music singer that has ever walked around, in my opinion. He's just awesome. Um, yep, he is. I would, I would yeah. love to work with I'd love to work with Willie Nelson. I think he's a he's an American tradition. The guy's just bigger than life. Um as mm-hmm. many people know him and you know, worldwide, he still hasn't really gotten his due. You know, he's one of the best songwriters yeah. that ever came down, man. Guys mm-hmm. incredible. So many huge songs. And uh look at all the different peoples and genres that he's crossed over and recorded with. So I I'd say that Willie's probably at the top of my list. And the word I was looking for is treasure. The guy is an American treasure. <laughs> yeah. Mhm. That's that's really cool. So what if if you were with Willie, what would you want to write about? Oh, I imagine that that would just show up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm about to ask a question. And I'll explain why I'm asking it in this way after I ask the question. But um, if you had a magic wand and what you're about to say would come true for sure, where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I'm and the reason I ask it this way is, spe- is a, for a specific reason. This past February made five years that we asked that same question to Kelsey Ballerini. And her answer that she gave us five years ago is how she's living right. I mean, to the T. I mean, you couldn't get no more perfect line of what she said because she had this vision. And and I'm one that believes, like the Bible says, people without vision shall perish. I believe that you have that vision. So if all bets were off, where would you be in five years? Well, that's a hard question, you know, because it's twofold. There's a personal thing there and there's a career thing there. And the first thing yeah. that came to my mind is that uh, I was kind of hoping that you would say, you know, where would you be in 20 years, you know? And the first <laughs> thing that came to my that's where I thought it was, where it was going. I didn't think it was a career uh. thing. I thought it was a personal thing. And the first thing that came to my mind, I was, I was thinking, you know, I'd, I'd like to be sitting on the porch with my mama and my dad because <laughs> I still want them to be around in 20 years, you know? I love them yeah. so much, and they're just great people, and, and uh, you know, they're – you just never know. Every day is a treasure with your family, and we take them for granted so much now. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, our our family members because they get the brunt of our frustrations. You know, mm-hmm. um, career wise, you know, I'd really like to see something big happen with this duet with Wayman Jennings at the crossroads because the message is there. You know, it's about not selling mm-hmm. out in this industry, which is mm-hmm. tough to do. Oh well. And uh, mm-hmm. Waylon, it's a lost song. You know, I mean, it's it's the song is really worth taken to listen to and we're going to release mm-hmm. it this July and you know Waylon mm-hmm. Jennings band is on it and he really Waylon really believed in the song and Jesse Coulter's behind it Waylon's wife I don't know if you follow Jesse but I just did a duet yeah. with Jesse Coulter called Nothing Catches Jesus by Surprise oh wow and, uh, and yeah that thing turned out great and so we interviewed Waylon's band and they, they talked about the recording of this song at the crossroads with me and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. their involvement in it. Mm-hmm. And I would just really like to see that thing go gangbusters and and, uh, and get its due because the song deserves it. It's been, you know, yeah. I think it's really worthy of it. So I, I guess that is uh, awesome. 
you know, and I, I guess uh, I've been out there working the secular market for a long time and uh, and building a fan base so that I'd mm-hmm. have a platform to talk about the Lord, you know, and I'd like mm-hmm. to see that grow and mm-hmm. come, come into well, a place where awesome. I could do bigger shows, you know, and, and uh, have a bigger format to witness. Because that's, what, that's what's <clears throat> important to me. That that is I love that I love that part. So now you kind of hit on this a little bit earlier, but I want to get a little more in depth here. Um, let's say you had a friend, and let's say that you heard him sing, him or her sing, and they're they're pretty good. They got a great tone. They do have something special about them, and you could tell. And they've played say ten twenty shows so far. Now of course this would be pre. COVID advice, you know, you know, type thing. But let's say they they um they played ten twenty shows so far, and but they got that that um stage bug. They got on that stage, and they just feel like you know what I am supposed to do this. I just know I'm supposed to do this. What advice would you give that person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? That's a real tough thing. It's almost an individual question because it just kind of depends on how old they are, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh, that's, that's such a hard question. It touches on what we already said earlier, you know, about um, somebody running off to, to Nashville or L.A. or, or mm-hmm. New York to do their art. Um if that's something that that's for God calling, then I tell them to get out of their own way. Go do it. Um, sure. Chase your passion. Um, Hello? That's just a tough question. I don't. I really don't know what more to say about that. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> we've come to our final question here. Um, what? A question that you wish hosts like us would ask but never do. <laughs> you guys do a really thorough job. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, this this last question actually has helped shape our show. This last question is, yeah, because we, you know, a lot of the questions that we've asked came from this one question. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I kind of like the way that we've talked, you know, we've, we've taken the music thing full circle and, and got to talk about why we're doing it, you know, and, and maybe mm-hmm. the maybe the why. Why did you get into music in the first place, you know? Good. That's an interesting question for our – I guess it would be a twofold. Why did you get into music in the first place, and why are you doing it mm-hmm. now? And see what the change in the response is. Because I think, you know, That's good. when you get into oh, music, yeah. they be out there because there's young girls around. You know, and chase mm-hmm. an old thing and, and all that, and the <laughs> glamour and the fame of it. And uh, boy, that sure changed on you. And uh, you know, my motivation changed a lot. I, I'm not doing it for the reasons why I started doing it. Now I'm, I'm more of a purist. Now I'm doing it for the music and, and to witness for the Lord, and that's it. You know, the, the yeah. creativity is a gift that is handed to you, and if you get out of your own way and you have the energy as a writer, you can wield it like a sword and write. Right, it shows up, and it'll all be given to you. I mean, I'm talking about the cadence, the key, the tempo, the feel, 
And that's why it's so important to put it all down on a tape recorder so that you get all those special little nuances that you'll miss when a producer mm-hmm. steps in and sees their vision as opposed to yours and how creativity handed to you in the most pure form. So mm-hmm. anyway, of course, I'm off in a can, but again, but I think <laughs> that would be the question I thought artists is why you got into the business and why you're still in the business. And, and you know, you you did hit that, so that's good. But we're, I'm gonna have to, because see, one of the questions I usually ask, which I didn't this time, is what drives you now. So I kind of do hit that, but I never okay. thought about asking it the way you asked it. I like that. I might have to switch yeah. that around a little bit. What drove mm-hmm. you to start to get in, and what drove you? What drives you? I like. I, I like. I'm gonna have to think about that one. Yes. Yeah, well, I'm really happy to be on your guys' show, and you know, I'm happy that we're working on the same team, too. That's huge. I don't get to talk about this much, you know. A lot of times I'll sneak things in left and right, you know, but uh, <laughs> but I, I don't get to poach it just head on because it's, it's mm-hmm. sometimes it's not welcome, you know. But, um, yeah. well, I managed to get it in either way now because I don't, I don't care about this. <laughs> I'll sacrifice me and the outcome and, you know. Um, it, to you know, for the man, any day of the week. So. Amen to that. And, and you know, and just so you know, we don't edit. So once this is saved, and I edit that very beginning Uh-oh. out where, that we had. Yeah. It'll be uploaded as is because again, I, I want the you know when I interview people, I want the rawness of them. I don't, I don't want yeah, people to come listen to a show, and you know, because you know a lot of people edit so much that you don't get who the person really is. You know, yeah, and I want I want the audience to get the rawness of everybody we bring on. Yeah, so they'll get that really long pause of me not knowing what to say at all. <laughs> <laughs> so again, I, we we love having you on. So this is self promotion time. So tell everybody how they can reach you. Yeah. Oh, they can reach me. I guess the quickest way is to go to www.dannygriego. That's G-R-I-E-G-O dot com. And, uh, of course, you know, if they're on YouTube, you can pop in that same name, and, and uh, a bunch of my material will pop up. And please, if you're on Pandora, go to Pandora. Um, I'm on Pandora Radio, Danny Griego Radio. That'd be awesome. And, uh, and also Spotify. We could use some Spotify followers at Danny Griego. I think, uh, I think we're up, like somewhere around – 15,000 right now on list on mm-hmm. followers and uh, the mm-hmm. YouTube. I just released a song last December called Wyoming Lonely. Just did a soft release because oh, wow. I don't know of any radio station who's playing George Strait, Dan Seals kind of format. And I put out this mm-hmm. Western song, you know, that's kind of like a, a cross between like Amarillo by morning and uh, everything that glitters isn't gold. It's called Wyoming Lonely. And that thing's already up to 186,000 hits on it. Oh, wow. That is awesome. Oh, then, that's you know, awesome. I'd really encourage people to, to go to YouTube and pull up that video, 22. You can just type in Danny, 20, 22, 22 Danny, <clears throat> and okay. it will pop up. And uh, and send it to a veteran that they love and just, just encourage them to pass it on to a veteran just to let them know that we love them, you know, and we're really grateful for their service to this country. That is awesome. I really love it. Yeah. Again, we love everything that you're doing. We're we were Thank excited you. to have you on the show, and after hearing your you know parts of your story here, 
You've got an amazing story. You definitely know that God's behind you. No coincidences. Nope, exactly. That's so, right. We just, um, we just you're part-time, you know. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. So we look forward to having you back on the show as you get more updates down the road. We would love we would love to chit-chat again down the road. Yeah. Well, I'd love to do and if I could come back on and, and uh, do an update on At the Crossroads when the Wayland Bittenings video gets released, I sure would appreciate that. Oh, that oh, would yeah, be awesome. We, would, we, we look forward to that. Yes. Okay. Well, thanks and, for the Chris and Sandy show. None fun. Yep, the Chris and Sandy show. Always, re- And yeah. no matter how big you get, remember the Chris and Sandy show. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we are, you know, we're, we're a married couple. We're all in. You know, and, you know, one thing that's different about us is we have been 54-7 couple since the day we married. And here it is seven well, years later. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll make you an offer. When you, when you get to Nashville, you said you're heading that way, right? Yeah. When you get yeah. to Nashville, you come out on out to the plane. Uh, like I said, I have a 168-foot DC-8 airplane house. And you all come out there and take the tour, and, and I'll cook you some New Mexico red chili enchiladas. Ooh, that so, sounds Sounds great. like a plan. We'd love that. Yes. We definitely look forward to that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Christopher will, too. <laughs> yes. No, no there Chris you go. can eat now. <laughs> yeah. Wait till oh, yes, he can. <laughs> uh, it's, it's been a pleasure talking to you today, yes. and we look forward to meeting you in Nashville, and we look forward to bringing you back on the show. How's that sound? Well, thank you all, and God bless you in, in, in your ministry. Appreciate what you're doing out there. Thank you. Hi, God oh, bless thank you, you too. so we'll much. Talk, we'll talk to you real soon. Okay, y'all be yes. clever. All right, thank you. Bye. Hey, everyone. Hope you really enjoyed the show today. Um, really great guy. Go look him up online and all, all this stuff um, because, again, you never know where God's going to lead, and yet we never know where our show is going to go. You know, and I love that about the show. Every show we do has been different. He was our 67th interview since January 3rd, and every show is different, and we love that. So go look him up. Go find his stuff. Go spin his stuff. And tomorrow we're taking a small break, so we won't be doing a show tomorrow because we got 11 shows next week to, that's already booked. So we need that break. So tomorrow there will be no show, and we'll see you on Monday. Talk to you soon.